With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, hail the power of Jesus, make let angels prostrate fall. Ring forth the royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. Ring forth the royal and crown him Lord of all. Oh, that with yonder sacred throng we at his feet may fall. We'll join the everlasting song and crown him Lord of all. We'll join the and crown him Lord of all. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, there is power in the blood. Yes. First and fourth. Page ten. Would you be free from the burden of sin? There's power in the blood. Power in the blood. Would you or evil a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder working power in the precious blood of the Lamb. You do service for Jesus, your King. There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you live daily His praises to sing? There's wonderful power in the blood. There is power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the Lamb. There is power, power, wonder working power. In the precious blood of the Lamb. Page 22. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Just a closer walk with thee. I am weak, but thou art strong. Jesus, keep me from all wrong. Walk close to thee, just a closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea, daily walking close to thee. Let it be, dear Lord. Let it be when my feeble life is o'er. Time for me will be no more. Guide me gently, safely o'er to thy kingdom shore. To thy shore, just a closer walk with thee. Granted, Jesus is my plea, daily walking close to thee. Let it be, dear Lord, let Father, what a 
privilege it is to be in your house today. God, you are so holy and we lift you up. And we magnify your name in this house today, Father. Thank you, God, for your mercies, for they are great. We love you today and we praise you for who you are. Yes, Lord. You are so worthy, God. Thank you. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for being there for us, God, in our daily walk with Thee, Father. And we praise Your name for it, God. God, those who have needs today, Father, You know what they are. And we're asking You, Father, that You touch. In Your mighty hand, God, we pray this, Lord. Thank You for what You've done. And thank You for what You're going to do, Father. And we praise You for it. Amen. Amen. So Genesis chapter 22. Today is a message of faith. It's a message for all believers. It's the Word of God to us in this hour today. The message really is called Living by Faith. And we're going to be looking at the life of Abraham. Last week we talked about Sarah. You remember that. God had promised Sarah and Abraham a son. He showed up at the house and said that they would have a son. They named him Isaac. Today we're going to talk about Abraham and Isaac again in this message. And we want us to understand that God is faithful to reward those who trust Him. How many here today trust God? Do you believe God? Is He an ever-present help in your life? Is He moving and working and operating in and through you today? And uh, if you don't know that answer, I want you to know that before this service is over. God wants to work in you and build your faith. He wants to reward you. But in order to do that, your faith must be tested. That's the part that most of us don't like to hear as Christians, that our faith is tested. You know, it must have been or have come as a shock to Abraham, if you think about it. When God made a request of him, and we're going to look at that today, to take the very gift that he had waited 25 years to receive. God promised Abraham an heir, and he reaffirmed that promise to him personally. When Isaac was finally born, Abraham and Sarah were amazed at his miraculous arrival in their old age. Yet now God was asking Abraham to give Isaac up. Think about that. Magnitude of that request. Give up your son, your only son. Have you ever battled with questions over the direction in which God has led you in your life? Do you question what God has done in your life? If you don't, Maybe you're not being honest. Maybe you've not got, had anything happen in your life at this point. I, I believe you probably have. We all battle with those questions as far as what, what is God doing in me right now? What, why are these things going on in my life? Why are these things happening to me as a believer, as a child of God? Why am I going through these struggles, these problems, these difficulties, these places? Why am I here? What is happening? Is God... You know, I mean, think about Abraham. Was God trying to undo even the good that He had brought about in His life? Give up your son. Does it seem to you, church, that sometimes God seems to be undoing, unraveling the things that He's given me in my life? What's going on? Why are these things happening? If Abraham's experience seems similar to your own, consider carefully Abraham's reaction to God when he was asked to give up his son. What did he do? He obeyed. He trusted God to remain true to His Word even when he could not understand all the details in his life. Before we begin, let's pray. Father in heaven, I thank you for the opportunity to 
stand here before your people today. Lord, this is your word that we're looking at today. I ask, Father, that you would speak to us from your word today, Lord. Plant your word into our lives. Water and cause increase to come. Lord, your word is given to us to benefit us. Lord, to teach and instruct us. To help us be founded on a solid foundation, Lord. To walk in a way that's pleasing to You, Lord. Speak to us today from Your Word. Help us to line up with Your Word. Father, I pray You'll encourage Your people with this Word. Strengthen Your people. Bless Your people, Father. Reward them for their faith. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. amen. Now we'll look at three important points from this text. We're going to look at the first 14 verses of Genesis 22. That's where we're going to be today. We'll see three important things that stand out. And, and it's important because they stand out to us today, to all people of faith, to all people who trust and believe God. Number one, your faith. How many have faith here? Come on. You know, in the, in the New Testament, the Bible says God has given to every man a measure of faith. So you have faith. And you say, well, I only have a little bit of faith. All it takes is a faith of a grain of and you can move mountains. So faith is something we all have that's been given to us by God, but we need to use it. We need to exercise it. We'll see here in our in our message today that faith has to be tested, or it's really not faith. It must be tested to be genuine. Secondly, we must see faith demonstrated as we walk out our lives. And thirdly, our faith ultimately will be rewarded. And we can see in a microcosm, in just 14 verses, what God will do with every believer in their life. So you can take these scriptures and you can hang your hat on it, so to speak. You can trust God's Word and you can live your life by this Word. Believe me. We'll see Abraham's faith being tested. Genesis 22.1, we'll begin there. Sometime later, that is after Isaac had been born, after God had promised Abraham and Sarah a son, sometime later, King James says, it came to pass, I love that term, it came to pass, sometime later, after the blessing, have you been blessed before? Come on. After the blessing, there's going to be, it came to pass. There's going to be a test ahead for you. You know, when we receive something from God, we like to be excited, joyful, happy, experience that, that rush that comes from being, God is so good, hallelujah, I'm just enjoying everything. And then you walk out and in, into, and it came to pass. That I'm in some serious hot water here. What is going on? Why is this happening? Do you know when, when you are blessed by God, at some point, the enemy is going to come and attack you. At some point, and, and, and here's the case where the enemy didn't attack Abraham at this time, but God put him to a test. At some point in your Christian life, you're going to go through tests. You're going to go through trials. You're going to go through... Now, how many like tests? Now, think about this. Whatever you do in life, whatever you want to be in life, you have to study for or be prepared for or be trained for. You know, you were a, I came out of the printing business. I had to learn to run a machine, learn to operate certain things, and that didn't come by just showing up. Amen. You, you want to be a firefighter? You don't just show up at the fire station and say, I'm going to be a firefighter. You got to go through what? Training. And then you got to take a to be what? Approved that you know what you're doing. The tests are real easy, right, Rob? They're just simple. You can ace them without even studying, right? Rob said, No, no, not really. To take effort. Now here's the kind. You remember when you was in school and you knew what an exam was coming to? They would always announce, you know, we need to study this and that, and we're going to have an exam at the end of. 
But how many of you remember what they call pop quizzes? You just walk in. A test today, boom, right now, handing out the sheet. In other words, you hadn't studied your homework that, that last few days, you're going to fail that test. God tells us that testing is coming. I mean, it's in His Word. But it, it's sort of like the pop test. It's like you walking along, it came to pass. Today is test day. It's exams right now. You may be walking along, everything's going fine. And they say, you know, you're in the, you're in the exam of your life. Yeah, what in the world just happened to me? What is going on? Now, here's, what, here's the way we are as humans. We're all this way. We are self-centered. Everything affects me, mine, and, and myself. You know, it's all about me. It's all about what's going on in my life and, in, and my peace and my happiness and my joy and my sorrow and my stuff. It's all me. And you know, really, that's not good in a sense. It's natural, comes to the natural man, but life's bigger than you. Things are. God wants to do things in you that's larger than what you can think of at the time you're in something. You have to go through a testing and a proving. And God had prepared him for that. And here in verse 1 he said, Abraham speaks to him. And Abraham said in the Hebrew, or here am I. You know, God knows your name. He knows how to get your attention. He knows how to call you out. John? Yes, Lord. Here am I. Speak. I mean, when God calls your name, you better answer. Come on now. Hello? Amen. And God said to him, verse 2, Look, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the region of Moriah. Now look what He says to him. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I will tell you about. Now here, here was Abraham. And he was up in age. I'm going to give you a little time frame on this one because this is, this is amazing. Uh, we tend to just read it but not look behind at the facts and the surrounding Scriptures. And I'm just reading 14 Scriptures today of which I just read two. There's a whole chapter. You read that in your own free time to fill in the details. But here... Isaac, many scholars, they don't know how old he was at this time. It's before he married Rebecca. I mean, he married Rebecca at the age of 40. His mother would die shortly after. And it's after he was weaned, which would be, what, about four, three or four years old. But we know he wasn't a baby or a child like, like our Isaac here because he was given this wood that he was to burn himself up with to carry up the mountain for the old man. Hello? Scholars tend to think he was about 30 to 39 years of age at this time in his life. I'm going to throw out this, and I have no biblical evidence, no biblical proof, and I'm not going to even try to say this, but I know he was an older child. Now, the Bible says that... Uh, in the English, that we're going to, he tells the service we're going up to the mountain to worship, and me and the lad will return. But that word in the Hebrew doesn't mean baby or child or lad as we would use it in English. It could be anyone over over 17, 18. It was used for Joseph when he was 30. He was called a lad. So it, that's don't get confused by that. Uh, he, he couldn't. I mean, you can't put a load of wood on our young man back here, and he carried up a mountain. So he was, he was no child, okay, at this point. But he's telling him to take his child and to offer him up as a burnt offering. Now, you've heard me in the past speak, and this is very applicable to what we're talking about here. What we see in the Old Testament that's concealed truth has become revealed in the New Testament. 
You know, Paul and Corinthians talked about those things that happened to Israel and to the people, the patriarchs here, were an ensample to us. Now the word ensample, notice I didn't say example. They are an example, yes. But they're an ensample, meaning that what they did, think about this for a moment. This is, is mag, the magnitude is, is enormous. What they did was acting out something in their life that they didn't know they were doing, okay? They didn't know they were acting something out on a grand stage any more than you do in your life today. What they did was revealing a deeper truth that was to come later that spoke of Christ. Christ is the center of all Bible, the whole Bible. It all points to Jesus. The Bible says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of all prophecy. Everything goes to Jesus. These are prophetic scriptures that we're reading that have already been fulfilled. We're looking back on that as the fulfillment. Abraham was yet to see it happen. Think about that. So here we, what we have is a picture of Christ and the work of Christ. Beautifully laid out in the Old Testament. 3,500 years before it happened. Think about that. <clears throat> is God God or what? Man, that's, that is awesome. Look what he says here. His faith is tested. He's growing in faith. He's, he's lived up until his old age. So do you reach a point, Dallas, that you no longer get tested because you just you're 90 years old. You're over 90. You know, I don't need to be tested. I'm a hundred years, I'm a hundred and some years old now. I've got it now. I've been walking with God since I was 75. No, you better forget that. Well, you will be tested until you leave here. Come on. You might as well put that away. Abraham has seen God move. Just read the story. Miraculously, several times in his life. Think about this for a minute, man. He sat and face-to-face talked to God in his house. And now God is asking him to do something that's very out of character to the God he knows. He said, I want you to take and kill your son on an altar and sacrifice him to me. Now, you know, later we would see God deal with the descendants of Abraham, his sons, Israel, and give them laws forbidding them to sacrifice their children. To, to And yet God was seemingly the Hebrew God of the Bible asking a man to offer up his son like the pagans did around him. Seemingly out of character. But what does Abraham do? He obeys God. The second point, the first point, your faith is going to be tested. Would that try your faith if God told you to give up something you love so dearly? Let alone a child. Some of them say, I don't think I would mind sacrificing some of these kids that what they put me. Come on now. Let me get down here. If you you can't say amen, say amen. Some of them say, I put a few of my kids up there on that altar real quick. Hallelujah. Think about it. he 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 was saying, what do you love in your life? What what do you what what do you hold dear? What's, what 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 is your God come to you and said, Robbie, you can't be a fireman. I don't want you to ever be a fireman. You'd be like, is that God? Is that you? That's my dream. That's what I want to do. I want to Robbie, I want you to lay that down on the altar. And you can't preach the gospel. You can't sing. You can't. Does God do that? Yes, He does. Yes, He does. Now, what? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Let me play it out now. He does, He did that. He 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 promised Abraham something, and He gave it to him, and then He said, "I'm going to take it away from him." What was He doing, Robbie, in doing that? He was. Now, now, hold on. We've been talking about testing here. Because we do you not question God? I do. Come on. Why does he does God 
needs to know whether Robbie will obey him. Does God need to test Robbie so he know what's in Robbie? Okay, yeah, we all are real good now. I mean, that's a, a lot of people would say, well, yeah, he does. He has to see what, what Robbie's going to do or how he's going to react. No, you have a right perspective. God is bigger than that. But yet he does test us. And what does it reveal? It reveals to who what's in you? Yourself. And who else? When you're in a trial, church, and you're on your job, and you're being maligned or malicious, people are looking at who? If you screw up, what do they see? They see you screw up. You're just nailing it right. But if you live right, amen, if you pass the test, come on now, what do they see? Christ in you. That's the whole point of testing, okay? It's not, God doesn't need to know what's in you. He already, he already knew what was in Abraham, amen? He already knew how Abraham would react. But Abraham never, he, he's like, what, what's this? This is really happening in my life. This is really going on. He, I know his voice. I've met him. I've talked to him more than one time. And this is God supernaturally telling me to do something that it don't sound right. But, but you know, he's done so good to me. He's been good to me. I'm just going to do what he says. Amen. I'm going to obey him. And secondly, we see faith demonstrated. Look at verse 3. Early the next morning, Abraham got up. Got into his four-wheel drive Chevrolet pickup truck. Somebody said, there's no way that Abraham drove a Ford. Come on, man. Oh, I'm sorry. I said, saddled his donkey. See, man. He got up early. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. That's called obedience. That's called being prompt and complete. God said something, and the man did it. Amen. He said, let's do it. Let's go. And when he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, how much wood does it take to burn somebody up? A couple sticks, maybe? I bet a pretty good load full would have to... I've never thought about that. Thank God. I mean, come on now. But I imagine that'd take a little bit of wood to burn a body up. Goodness. He had to cut it up. Yeah, cut, cut that up. Maybe he had a wood pile out back and used that season stuff. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> well, he says here, he set out for the place God had told him about. Now, what place was that? Moriah. Let me give you a picture here now. Does anybody know where Moriah is? Or what Moriah is? Okay, I'm going to give you... This is powerful. Where did God tell Abraham to take his son, now notice this word, his only son, to be sacrificed? He said, well, he used the term Moriah. Do you know what Moriah is? It's Jerusalem. Just outside of modern Jerusalem, it's called Golgotha. It's called, in our language, Calvary. Where was Isaac to be sacrificed? The same exact spot 3,500 years later, God in heaven would take His only Son and actually sacrifice Him right there. Now let me say this. God will never ask you to do anything He Himself would not actually do. Now Abraham was showing us a picture of his obedience to God and how Christ obeyed the, the Father. How Christ was sacrificed for our sins to God as a sweet smelling, as, as an offering. Isaac was playing the part of Christ. He was the son who was to be offered. Now here's the amazing part of this story that's a real factual event that took place. Isaac 
was here with a man over 100 years old. Probably in his strength. Now we said, how old is he? Scholars different between 30 and 39, they say. Let me throw this out. I said I would earlier and I didn't. What if he was 33? At the same age Jesus was when he offered himself. Just something to think about. I have no proof. But if I had to lay a wager down on that, and I'm not a betting man, I would say he was 33. We'll find out. We'll find out one day, brother. We'll see. We might be high-fiving each other. In any case, a young man in his strength could have easily overpowered the old man and said, hey, you're going to do what? But he willingly laid himself down on the wood. Who else willingly laid himself on the wood? Could have called for a whole legion of what? What, he did, what did he do? He said, Father, not my will, but my will. The Father said, I'm about to kill you, son. But here's a picture of a man being asked to do what God eventually would do himself. I am in awe of Abraham. This is a man of faith. To be called the father of faith. And that we as nations of people would come from him. He, he truly is. He truly is. That's an awesome man to do and to go to the place of obedience that he went to. Complete obedience. And he's an example, church, for all believers today. We need to obey God. We need to believe Him and serve Him no matter what He says. Amen? And I don't know of God telling any of us to sacrifice our relatives or our children, okay? He doesn't do that. This was a very exceptional time and it points to a toward the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. But, let me make this very clear. Every believer, every believer, <coughs> is called to lay on that wood. Just like Isaac. Jesus said, if any man would come after me, he must what? Take up his cross. His cross, the wood. The wood. What does the cross represent? Sacrifice. You must sacrifice. If a man will lose his life for me, he'll save it. If you don't sacrifice your life to Christ, he said you'll lose it. Am I making that up? So believe me, sacrifice is a normal part of the Christian's experience in the Christian life. On the third day, verse 4, Abraham looked up. He saw the place in the distance. He saw it afar off. That's where it is. I could imagine just dry mouth. Maybe that feel, that pit, pit in the stomach feeling. And this might not end too well. God, I, I hope I heard you right. I mean, this is this is my boy here. I love him. He, he he's everything to me. Verse 5, we'll see the faith of Abraham. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the lad go up here. We will worship and we will come back to you. Think about that statement. God told him to go up and to kill that boy. <coughs> But what does Abraham say to the men that were with him? Was he lying to them? Was he trying to cover for a crime he was about to commit? You know, we read in the New Testament that Abraham believed God to the point, you read the book of Hebrews chapter 11, that if he took his son's life, that God would have to raise him from the dead because God had promised that that boy would be the heir of, nations. of all nations. So he was demonstrating Perfect faith in obeying God to lay this down. Does God tell you to give up things in your life? Oh, you better believe it. In my heart, I had to give up some things. Not willingly, unfortunately. But I learned to give up. When we, when we release something, then God has something to give you. You see? Let, let me ask you a question. If, if you have... 
something in your life that's bad. Wouldn't it be good to get rid of it? Now let me ask you something. Does God give bad things to His people? No. He doesn't make mistakes. He's not a man. He's not like us. If He says, give me something, we need to give it. Why? Because... Let me, let me, see, let me see that. Let me see one more. Let me see you both here, brother. And you grab one, two hands grab that book. Okay? If he has that book, and I say, Rami, I got something for you. I got, a, I, got a, I got a blessing for you. Here you go. Can he take this blessing from me? Right. Why can't he take it? His hands are full. So what do I do to Robbie? I say, Robbie, hand me the book, man. Give me the book. He said, no, I, I want the book. I, you can't have the book. This is my favorite book. I can't give you this book. And I say, Robbie, give me the book. And he fights me. What's he doing? He, he, he's robbing himself of something, isn't he? Because he has to give me this. And then I can say, okay, here, have that. You see what I'm saying? God, when He says, give me something, it's not trying to deprive you. I don't know why God didn't let me have this. Or I, I didn't get that raise over there. Like I, I was supposed to get that promotion. Somebody else got that promotion. And who do we blame? God. <clears throat> promotion coming either from the east or the west. Or from the south, but from where? The Lord. You didn't get that raise because God, maybe because for that promotion, maybe because God has something better for you. Better for you. How many people got a, a promotion and then a year later the business went under? And God said, no, I want you to go over here and look like a demotion. But they ended up, come on now. You know, see, we see straight, don't we? Can you see around the corner? Do, do your eyes allow you to see what's to the left behind the wall? No, but who knows what's behind the left? Can you trust him? Why, in a practical or how, in a practical sense, can you and I, as believers or Christians, trust him with what we don't see or understand? We we, we have his we have not only his word, we have the example of what he's done and how he operated. Now. Abraham had, why do, you, why do you think he just obeyed God like he did? Because his faith had grown and gotten to the point over all those years that when he, God asked him to do something that would have been so outrageous to anybody, he said, I just know God's too good. I'm going to do what he says. Well, how do men or women do things for God and walk with God in such a way and, and seemingly, like, how do they do that? Because they have a relationship with Him that has been nurtured and has grown and matured to a place, they just believe, they obey. People who don't believe God and obey God, they've not, they've not had their faith tested and it's not grown. They're stagnant in their faith. And they're coming, have been in the church for years and years and they still have elementary school faith. You take a child who's six years old, they're in first grade. Now, if they're 17 years old, what grade should they be in? High school. What if they are 17 and they're still in first grade? Yeah, the baby. <laughs> that would look kind of silly, wouldn't it, sitting in that little chair, you know? What are you doing? It's reset. I say, I have church acts sometimes. You know, they're like, what, what in the world? Well, you don't know what God is. He just God is this. What are you saying? Do you know Him? Have you developed in a relationship with Him? Trust Him. Believe Him. Be like Abraham. Somebody say Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Be like Sarah. Amen. Be like Noah. Yes. Amen. Why did God give us these people? For our example, so we can look to them and see how we need to be and how we need to walk, walk with God. Yes, Lord. And look at verse 6. Remember verse 5. We're going to go up and worship and come back. Abraham believed God if he did kill him, and I assumed he believed he was going to do it, that God would raise him from the dead. Because God can't promise and not perform it. You see, let me give you an example. God called me to preach when I was 18 years old. 
I didn't take pulpit until I was 30 or 42. What? Why? And I thought between age of uh, 20 and 35, that wasn't going to happen. I just gave up. I said, this ain't going to happen. God must, I must have not heard right. He, or he lied to me. Does God lie? Now, you know, it don't matter whether I go to a pulpit and there's 5,000 people or there's 5 people. Okay, It doesn't matter to me. I'm just going to obey God. And that's how you need to be. You just do what God tells you to do and let, let, let Him handle the details. But He's faithful, you see. And it came out of nowhere for me. God just said, it's your time. It's ready. It's time to go now. I said, well, glory to God. And all I do is show up every week to try to do what I can to obey my God. Now, He works like that in your life too. But sometimes the vision, the dream, the gift that He gives you has to be given back. It has to die. It has to die. Before He can resurrect something that's of Him in His place. That's a Christian principle that we don't like to hear about in church. We don't want to hear that. Jesus said, I, of John, I mean, sorry, the Baptist said, I must decrease so that he may, he may increase. You know, you have to decrease so that God can bring increase in your life. You need to die so that you can bear fruit. You can't bear fruit unless you die. And then, you know, the Bible says, unless a grain of wheat fall into the ground and what? Die, it abides alone. It can't do nothing. But if it dies, buried, covered in earth, it can bring forth much fruit. So whatever God gives what dream has He given you? What vision has He given you? What has God promised you? It has to die first before you see the fruit. God told me my, my boys will be saved. You ever got to a place where you thought, this ain't, it don't look like this is going to happen. Uh-uh. You're in a dying mode. Hello. You need to give it up. Why do you need, why does God ask her to give that up? You want to tell you why? Because she can't save him no matter what she does. Do you know that? But God can. But God can. And, and, and it has to die in you so that God <coughs> can resurrect his will in him. Amen. Your, your dream, your goal must die so that... Amen. And you'll do it in a way you'll never expect. It's going to blow your mind. You're going to say, my God, He was faithful. Glory to God. Hallelujah. What do we do on this side? We're sweating bullets. We're worrying. We, we... My wife's going through a tough time. You know that. I know that. Everybody knows. It don't look good. God is faithful. God has a will. He has a plan. All things work together for good to those that love Him and are called according to His purpose. It's going to work out. Like Job, though He slay me, yet will I serve Him. Come on. Hallelujah. Things aren't going well. Just remember, you're being tested. You need to live by faith. The faith of the Son of God who loved you and gave Himself up for you. Right. That's good preaching whether you know it or not. Come on. Amen. We live by faith. The just shall live by His faith. faith. Praise God. Verse 6, Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering. He placed it on his son Isaac. And he himself carried the fire and the knife. And the two of them went on together. Listen to this conversation. Isaac spoke up. <laughs> I bet he did. Hey, Pops, what's up? Pops, hey, Dad, hey. Uh, look what he says here. He said to his father, Abraham, Father, yes, my son. The fire and the wood are here. But where is the lamb for the burnt offering? I want you to look at this. Think about this for a minute. Where's the lamb? Where's the sacrifice at? Where, where? You got everything in place. Everything's ready. Look at this. Verse 7. Isaac spoke up. Verse 8. God Himself, Son, will provide the lamb for the burnt offering. And the two of them went on together. 
When they had reached this place, God had told him about. Abraham built an altar there. He arranged the wood on it. Now look at this. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. A father about to execute his son, his grown son, whom he loved. Remember, he had sent away Ishmael and Agar years ago when the boy was 13. He thought, well, that's my heir. He'll be. And then God said, no, no, your heir's going to come from your wife. And now here he is, a grown man, the delight of his life. His heir, his only son. And he's laying him on that wood. What's more remarkable to me, and that's remarkable that he would obey God and do that. Well, oh, that we would be that way. Come on. And just do what God says. But that Isaac, who had the power to just say, he knew, do you think he knew what was going on by then? Dad, why are you tying me to the wood on this altar here? Why are you tying me to the... Why are you laying the wood on me? I think he knew. But what was he... What, was, what does that show about the son? Did God give him the right son? He had great faith too. Oh, he, he had solid faith. He said, I'm obeying my father. For whatever reason, Dad wants to wants to offer me on this offering. It looks like he's going, he's going to take that knife and plunge it in me and he's going to burn me up. But if that's what my dad wants, that's what he gets. You think Isaac had faith in God? We see Abraham did. What's the natural response of human beings? Self-preservation. Let me grab one of you and start tying you up. You going to sit still and let that happen? He'll demand. He's a perfect picture, Isaac, laughter of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus took, his father took, and stretched his son out on that wood. What did Jesus do? He said, I'm here to do your will. He allowed... He said, no man can take my life. I'll lay it down. Amen. Abraham couldn't have taken Isaac's life. Isaac had to lay it down. Say, okay, Father, bind me up. And he did. And here's what's amazing. We see the, a picture of Christ's obedience there. Verse 10. He reached out his hand. He took the knife to slay his son. Is that faith? Was Abraham playing a game? Or was he obeying God? Amen. Everything had been put in place. He took the knife. The fire was there. He took that knife to cut that sun. Faith took him all the way to complete obedience. We need to be willing to obey God, church. Come on now. Amen. If we're going to see our faith rewarded. Faith rewarded. That's my third and final point. When you reach the end of your rope and you've done all that you can do, you just stand. Believe in God. Trusting Him. That's faith. And that's living faith. We reach the end of our rope. We, we look for God's provision. Because it will be there. The Lord can make a way. Somebody say amen. Where there is no way. There seems to be no way. Oh, hallelujah. Is God in control of everything? Come on now. Is He sovereign? If we really believe that, we'll act like that. Okay? You know what I'm saying? Come on now. Abraham was believing God. Look at verse 11. Here he's got a knife. And he's getting ready to plunge it. What's Isaac doing? He just 
Probably got his eyes closed now. Well, I'm going to bite it. Does I'm going to bite it, Lord? You know, Daddy loves me. I know he trusted his father, loved him, and wouldn't do any harm to him unless there was a good reason. And if he had to die, he was willing to die. Amen. Jesus knew that the father wasn't going to just kill him, but he had to die for a reason. And that if he had to die, there must have been something good on the other side of that death. Something better. It's called resurrection. It's called new life. It's called immortality. Somebody say amen. It's called redemption for those of the Adamic race was on the other side of his death. And here, Abraham and Isaac were going to play that out as a type of what Christ would do. The angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven. Abraham, Abraham. What does Abraham say? He named me, here am I. You think he was glad to hear that voice out of heaven? Woo! He was, you know, he, how far did he go with his mind? The hair trigger. Was he just saying, okay, I'm, do, I'm, was he right? I believe he was right at that moment where he was, God intervened. Amen. Verse 12, don't lay a hand on the boy. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham passed the test. His faith was tried and he passed the test. God made another way where there seemingly was no way. Abraham looked up, and there in the thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. Remember, faith said, I and the lad are going to go up the mountain to worship, and we will return to you. That's faith. Did Abraham know that? He didn't have a knowledge of that, but he believed that. That's faith. Is everything going to work out good in your life? If you believe God and trust Him, it is. Do I know that? I believe that. What are you dealing with in your life today? What is harassing and haranguing? What is troubling you? What is the dilemma you find yourself in. God, is, God has, has already planned the way of escape. You know the Bible says, how many love the Apostle Paul? I love his Lord. Paul said there is no trial or temptation that has come upon you. None. None. But that he has planned a way of escape. Abraham, I'm sorry, Paul had Abraham in view when he wrote that. Nothing. There is no trial or trouble come upon you, Paul says, but such as is common, common to, to man. Well, nobody knows what I'm going through. Everybody got to go through it. People, all who live godly in Christ are going to suffer. But it's for you good, not for your destruction. That don't preach good. It really don't. All who live godly in Christ will have two cars in the garage and a big bank account. Oh, that preaches. That preaches in the mega churches. <laughs> well, see that. So, this is real for you and for me because this can encourage you when you go through the trials that you're going through if you can understand what God is trying and wanting to do. He saw that ram, he sacrificed it. So Abraham called this place, verse 14, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord it will be provided. Verse 14 is where we get that song that we sing quite often here. And I love that song. Jehovah Jireh. That's Hebrew that means the Lord 
Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. What is your need today? The Lord will provide. What are you going through today that you're lacking? The Lord will provide. Do you, is your faith on the, on the weak side? The Lord will provide. We need to go to the Lord. Jehovah Jireh, He's our provider. Do you need... What do you need? Think about it. I think I need... A lot of time we think we need different things. <laughs> Come on now. What do you really need? You know what you need? You need your faith tested. You need your faith tried so that you be strong. So you know where you're at. When you go to school, you think that test surprises the teacher when you're a kid going up in elementary school and you get that pop quiz? Probably not. They know where you're at. Who does this, who's it meant to surprise? You. It's to shock you into, oh, I, I'm not where I need to be. I better start studying here. I'm going to fail this thing. <laughs> Why does God give you these pop quizzes in your life? To show you you're not all that. Man, anytime I get going along and I'm like, yeah, I'm doing good. Things looking good. I, I try not to get there no more. I don't do that now. I learned the hard way. Yeah, I'm doing all right. You know, things going good. Boom, all of a sudden I'm like, man, I'm a filthy, dirty sinner. Huh? <laughs> what causes me to come to that conclusion? The trial. The test reveals, well, you're not where you need to be. But let's be like Abraham. Let's be where we... Abraham was right where he needed to be. And you know, really, when God brings us to the exam, this is the exam, this is in the pop quiz, this is the major exam, this is the final, this was the final exam right here, brother. When God takes you to the big, the big test, you can trust He's prepared your life so that when you get in that one, you're going to pass it with flying colors. Because you've obeyed God, you've served God, you've walked with God, you've been chastened by God, you've been disciplined and taught by God so that when you get to the big, the big you're going to pass it. You're going to walk through the fire and you're not going to get burned. Hallelujah. Because God has prepared you aforetime. You know, He doesn't bring you to a test or a trial that you cannot pass. You're there to pass it. You're there to move forward. You're there to graduate in God. Keep it in mind. Remember that. It's important. All of us go through times of trust. We need to live out our faith. You know, God followed a pattern in Abraham's life. Calling him, number one, building his faith, and testing that faith. And ultimately rewarding his faith. That's true for every person in here. That same pattern is, is it holds true. God nurtured Abraham's faith in preparation for the arrival of Isaac. You know, sometimes we want to get ahead of God. As I mentioned earlier, and Sister Eleanor had the correct response. I, God called me to preach. I was 18 years old. I was 43 before I got in the pulpit. Why? I wasn't ready. I hadn't passed. I failed a few tests. Come on now. Wasn't ready. But when I was ready, I was ready. The same is true of you. And it, it, even in a natural sense, if you, if you don't get a promotion or you don't get the job you're looking for, or whatever it is, God has something better for you. Don't, don't fret. Maybe it's not your time. Sometimes we need to lose. We need to learn how to lose before we can understand how to win. Oh, isn't that a novel idea? Come on, that went over like a brick. Now, did I hit you with a brick? Come on. We need to learn how to lose before we can win. Because you know what? There are people who cannot handle success on any level. But if you've been properly taught by God and your faith has been nurtured by God, when you get to that place, you get promoted. You'll get promoted. Amen. Amen. Before we get that participation trophy. That's right. And God don't operate that way. He doesn't. 
Amen. Thank God. So we can divide Abraham's life into broad segments. We also see what occurred throughout his life in the Scriptures to bring him to the place where he was at. We see his faith growing. We see it being built up by God as we read the story of Abram to Abraham to where he is. You see, all of the events that took place were just elevating him throughout his life. Same with uh, any of the biblical characters where there's enough information written about them, we see their growth. You know, we see Paul went from here persecuting believers to the greatest apostle that ever lived. How? Through what? Suffering and trial. It brought him. Paul, the apostle, everybody today, we go to our great institutions of theological learning, and he's the great apostle Paul. He suffered more than anybody you know. And the natural of his life was a living hell. Do you hear what I'm saying? I don't understand that. He's the great Apostle Paul. Everybody talks about the Apostle Paul. Stoned everywhere he went. <laughs> Left for dead. Mistreated. Beaten. Whipped. Imprisoned. Continually. Shipwrecked. I guess I missed the boat here. I guess God didn't call me to this because nothing's working right. Nothing's going the way it's supposed to. He was right on time, baby. Huh? Come on now. He did exactly what God said. At the end of his life, I've run the race. I've finished the course. He passed the test. He said, I'm ready to be offered. Took his head off. Where's Paul right now, church? He's with the Lord. He's with the Lord. He's rejoicing. His race is over. He, he passed the final test. What's God leading you to? It might be. In a spiritual sense, I know that's where He's leading you to. Now naturally, I don't know. I won't say that. But like you just said, sister, you, 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 you so properly illustrated that. He's, we're, we're headed for the final test. Your final test. Now when is your final test? I don't know. Mine may be next week, tomorrow. It may be five years from now. Maybe ten. Yours might be twenty years from now. I don't know. You, you're headed for that test. That's the big one. You don't graduate till you pass that. Oh, he's preaching now. Come on, I'm preaching in my in my exit, uh, my conclusion. Not supposed to do that, amen. Supposed to have done that already. Somebody said, conclude, pastor, conclude. He calls us to discipleship. Every Christian is a disciple of God. Amen? The Lord builds our faith. Our whole life is a growth process. Did you know that? It is. From glory to glory, we're being changed into the image of His Son. Somebody said, I feel like sometimes the Lord is just trying to kill me. You're right, He is. Come on now. I, nobody said amen. Come on. God's trying to kill you. Amen. <laughs> so he can bring us to Him. That's it. Come on, man. He builds our faith. He strengthens us. Life is a series of trials and opportunities to prove and develop our faith through our obedience to Him. God also rewards our faith as a means of encouraging further spiritual growth. Life's not all one big trial. Though when you're in one, it seems like it. And they can last for long periods of time. But there are places of victory and joy. Come on now. There are places of reward. After the pilgrimage that we have in this life will come the greatest reward of all, church. Heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Heaven. Heaven awaits. In every difficulty and crisis, you and I as Christians should see ourselves as Abraham's children. What God demanded of Abraham, He's really demanding in, in different ways of each of us. We can respond to God with the same faith as Abraham, a faith in God that was not limited to rewards just here in the present. He looked to the future with the faith that God would keep all of His promises and that ultimately Isaac would be His heir and that His heirs would bless all the nations. Abraham was truly living 
out his faith. Let's stand this morning. Oh, hallelujah. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your presence here today. Lord, what a great mighty God that you are. Lord, we worship you. There is no God besides you, Lord. You truly are our Father in heaven. And Lord, you have our best interests at hand for our lives here, but you have eternity in mind for our future. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm struggling. I'm dealing with some issues. My my life is a trial right now. It's a struggle. It's difficult. Just lift your hands toward heaven. Between you and God, no one else. Say, Lord, this is what I'm dealing with. Help me. Help me to learn, to, to trust you, to obey you, to see your purpose in it. Lord, let me operate in faith like Abraham did. Help me to use the faith that you have given me, Lord, to see past the difficulty, to see around the corner, to see those things that I cannot naturally see, Lord. Help me, Lord, to be a man, a woman of faith. Lord, to trust you, to lay down my life for you so that you can put in its place Christ. Father, strengthen your church, your body. Lord, you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We, we worship, we magnify you, Lord, in this place today. Bless your church, your people. Let's sing that as we close, church. Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, His grace is sufficient for me, for me, for me. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, His grace is sufficient for me, His grace is sufficient. My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. He will give His angels charge over me. Jehovah Jireh cares for me, for me, for me. Jehovah Jireh cares for me. One more time, come on. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, His grace is sufficient for me, for me, for me. Jehovah Jireh, my provider, His grace is sufficient for me. My God shall supply all my needs according to His riches and glory. He will give His angels charge over me. Jehovah Jireh cares for me, for me, for me. Jehovah Jireh cares for me. Oh God, we give You praise. We worship You, Lord. You are Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Lord. Thank you for growing our faith, nurturing our faith, for moving in our lives. Lord, be with your people throughout this week. And those that aren't here today, Lord, we ask you to minister and move in their lives. Help them to pass the test that they find themselves in, Lord. Strengthen your church, your body. In Jesus' name, everyone said Amen amen. Turn around and tell somebody you're glad they're here. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.